Hey, what is up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and in this episode, we are talking Mets versus Yankees. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. Like I just said, I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. So let's dive back into another series recap and review episode. Yesterday, the Mets finished off a really tough sweep to the New York Yankees, ultimately ending the Subway Series in a split, two wins apiece. In the first half, as usual, I'm going to be breaking down each game, looking at the pitching and hitting performances. And then in the second half, I want to break down the really tough stretch the Mets just completed, a really tough period of their schedule, how they did during that stretch, and then dive into what lies ahead. So I'm really excited to get into all of that. So let's get started diving into game one, the third game of the Subway Series, the first one taking place in the Bronx, and the Mets lost to the Yankees 4-2. to I mean, this was just a tough game. I think, you know, this is going to be the case for both games, but it just, it felt like the energy was down. I don't know, maybe this was just because the Mets were in, in the Yankees' house this time, but in terms of the 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 Subway Series games, it, it just felt like the energy was down, especially from the Mets, but the Yankees came out and they, they were firing on all cylinders. On the mound for the Mets was Max Scherzer, and you know, he had a, a I'd say an all right day. I, I wouldn't call it rough, but I think for Max Scherzer's standards and, and probably where he sees himself as a pitcher, you, you know, this is probably not what he wanted. He pitched six and two thirds innings, so he did pitch into the seventh inning, but he gave up seven hits, four runs, had a walk and three strikeouts. He did give up a home run to Aaron Judge, a, a, a shot to right field. You know, I mean, I didn't think that he he looked horrible on the mound. Obviously, three strikeouts definitely down from, you know, some of his other numbers that he's posted this season. This is his second straight start allowing four runs. Again, I talked last time when he pitched against the Braves how, you know, I think that that number kind of overshadows how well he actually pitched in that game. But in this game, you know, he definitely did have trouble, you know, in the first inning gave up a run on a sacrifice fly. In the, in the third inning, like I mentioned, the, the, the homer from Judge put the Mets down 2 nothing pretty early. In both of those cases, in the first and third innings, he was able to bounce back the next inning in the second and fourth innings and ensure that the Yankees didn't score. But in the fifth, after giving up a ground rule double, another double scored a run, making it 3 nothing. And then after the Mets clawed back a little bit, you know, after being down 3 nothing, made it 3-2 to two in the bottom of the 7th with some shaky defense behind him. And honestly, that kind of contributes to the low energy. There was definitely some shaky defense in both of these games from the Mets. An error on Lindor allowed Kiner Falefa to advance to second base. And then a single, two batters later, scored an insurance run for the Yankees, which ultimately, you know, finished off the final score of 4-2. to two. I want to say this was a bad start. Like I said, this definitely wasn't a bad start for Max Scherzer, but definitely not his best. And, uh, you know, the pretty tough situation, uh, especially in a game that would have been really nice to get this series started off on the right foot. Behind Scherzer, the bullpen honestly did a really nice job. Trevor May came in, pitched the one out that he needed to get in the seventh inning, and struck out, struck out Rizzo on three pitches. Uh, a really, really nice job by by 
May there, who I feel like, you know, he, he came in with two runners on, with runners on first and third. So definitely a big spot, you know, trying to hold the Yankees and one of their best hitters in, in Rizzo, one of the best hitters of the past, you know, 10 years or so. So it, obviously a tough spot for May and someone who, you know, was coming off giving up that home run, that go ahead at the time home run to uh, Gene Segura in Philadelphia. So for him to go and and get that strikeout was really nice there. And then Michael Givens finished off the game, pitched an inning, gave up a hit, but no runs allowed. So, you know, the bullpen behind Scherzer did a nice job. Not that Scherzer had, you know, got blown up or anything, but definitely, you know, it's not felt like every inning that he had a shutdown. And, and I mean, it really was the case. Every inning that was a shutdown, he let, and allowed a run in the next inning, you know, allowing runs in the first, third, fifth, and seventh. But, you know, the, the main story storyline in this game was the Mets offense, which was essentially non-existent. The Mets only had four hits in this game. Those hits coming from Nimmo, Lindor, Vogelback, and James McCann, who actually worked a really, really nice at-bat, a 12-pitch at-bat, which ended in an infield single for him. But, you know, overall, the the offense really didn't look great. That was the probably the best at bat that the Mets had in that entire game. They really weren't making Dom- Domingo Herman, who was pitching for the Yankees work, which has been there as we've talked about over and over and over again. It's been their calling card. It's, it's been their style of play, but you know, it just really felt like in this game, again, contributing to that low energy. It felt like they were just going out there swinging, trying to get hits early on. Obviously Herman, someone who, who pounds the strike zone and, and the Mets were seeing that when they were taking pitches, but it just really didn't feel like they were making them work, which has been, you know, how the Mets have manufactured a lot of wins is by knocking out pitchers early and making the bullpens work. And that really didn't happen in this game. Herman pitched six and a third, actually less than Scherzer, but, you know, the Mets really didn't have an answer to to any of the, the Yankees pitchers really throughout this whole series. The only runs the Mets scored came in the seventh inning after, you know, uh, an error from the Yankees allowed Pete Alonso to score on a pop-up that that should have been caught, but um, the second baseman and right fielder crashed into each other, allowing Pete to get on the first base, and then Vogelback homer to right center field, scoring the only two runs the Mets would have this game. You know, you like to see that. Vogelback did a nice job there, crushing that ball to right center, scoring the Mets' only runs, but, you know, four hits on the day and just really not a lot of action for the Mets on, on the bases. Offensively, they just really had a tough one, so... You know, this game wasn't ideal, and moving on to game two, this the second game didn't really go the Mets' way at all either. All granted, there was some more offense, but in a much more frustrating capacity. This game, the final score was also four to two. <laughs> on the mound for the Mets in this one was Taiwan Walker. Last episode, I said that the ground was starting, but it was based on Walker and how he was feeling, and he was feeling good enough to start this game. And obviously, it doesn't hurt to give Degrom a little extra rest. So they gave Walker the start in Game Two, and he did a really nice job. He pitched five innings, gave up four hits, two runs, did have two walks, but three strikeouts. I thought that that Walker really looked good out there. I think he just had one, you know, real blow up inning, and that came in the fourth inning. You know, and to this point, he had been perfect actually until the fourth inning. Um, in the fourth, he gave up a single, but got a double play right away. So a really nice job to, to kind of cancel that out. But after a, a tough at bat with judge judge crushed a Homer to left field. And then things kind of started spir- spiraling out of control for Walker 
gave up back-to-back singles after that home run and then a walk to load the bases and then with the bases loaded gave up a walk to Cabrera scoring a second run in this inning but was able to finally end it with a ground out and then he went back out there for the fifth and got the Yankees to go down one two three so outside of that one tough inning in the fourth inning he did a really really nice job Judge is a beast I mean AL MVP front runner by far and you know homered in both games it you can't, I mean, it was tough. Walker definitely didn't seem happy about that, obviously, but I thought he did a nice job bouncing back in the fifth inning after that that tough inning there, and overall, I thought he had a good day. Behind him, Seth Lugo had a really nice inning. He pitched an inning, no hits or runs allowed, gave up one walk and had two strikeouts, so nice job by him. Moving on in the bullpen, Joely Rodriguez came in in the seventh inning, and he was the one who really, you know, fell apart for the Mets. Granted, he did have some poor defense behind him. He only pitched a third of an inning and gave up three hits, two runs, no walks, no strikeouts. In that seventh inning, Rodriguez, like I said, had some tough tough defense behind him he gave up a single and then got a ground ball back to the pitcher he could have thrown it to second base to try and go for the double play but but went for the safe option and threw it to first I honestly didn't mind this because as we know with Rodriguez he's a little bit wild and frankly I'd I'd rather him take the sure out at first even with the go-ahead run now moving into scoring position just because I mean you don't know if he's going to launch that ball into left field and have that guy come all the way around and score and you have no outs and you then put another run in scoring position. So I didn't mind that play. After that out, he gave up a single to right field, but it was, you know, in the box score goes down as a single, but it was a pop fly along the right field line. Probably should have been caught. Definitely wasn't an easy play, but Pete Alonso just kind of misjudged it, kind of had to backtrack, and then the ball fell in in between him, McNeil, and Marte. You know, definitely rough, embarrassing, tough to watch, and it put runners at first and third. And then a single from the next batter, Andrew Benatendi, scored the go-ahead run, putting the Yankees up three to two. Adam Avino came in after Rodriguez was lifted from the game. He got a clutch strikeout of DJ LeMahieu, but up came Judge with two outs, runners at first and second, and he singled which drove home an insurance run for the Yankees, putting them up 4-2. to two. I mean, just a difficult spot. Judge has been having, you know, well, had a great series in this series and had generally has always done well against the Mets. And obviously, like I said, one of the best hitters in the game, but very frustrating there because you could have gotten out of it 3-2, to two, but you know, ended up being down by two runs. Adovino ended up pitching the next inning as well, got the... Yankees to go down one, two, three with two strikeouts. So a nice job from him. And overall, just a nice job pitching one and two thirds innings, three strikeouts. I think overall out of, you know, had a, a nice outing, just that tough at bat with judge there. But again, the, the story of this game was the lack of offense. And like I mentioned, this game had way a way more frustrating offensive performance because the Mets did have nine hits. The Mets did put runners on base, and they went two for 13 with runners in scoring position. I mean, they had so many opportunities in this game to score, and, you know, those those little runs, those singles, I mean, they shouldn't have even really made a difference there because the Mets should have been up by so much more. In the first inning, the Mets had... Runners at first and second with just one out, and they weren't able to drive anyone home. In the second inning, again, first and second with no outs and two double play balls. One of them resulted in a fielder's choice, and the other actually resulted in a double play, ended their threat there. 
In the fifth inning, the Mets actually did score, driving home runs after that tough inning from Walker in the fourth put the Mets down 2-0. Marte with two outs, single to right field, scoring Canna, who led off the inning with a double. Very exciting, but Brett Beatty was thrown out at home trying to tie the game. An aggressive send from Joey Cora, who, you know, I don't know if that was the best move to send him there, but also the Mets hadn't been hitting with runners in scoring positions, so... You know, it might have been done out of necessity since this team clearly was having trouble driving home runs, but very difficult because it kept the Yankees ahead by one run. In the sixth inning, the Mets actually then tied the game, which was super exciting, with Alonso at first base and two out. McNeil doubled to right center. Alonso tripped when coming around third base. It was just a really weird play, kind of a poor defensive play from the Yankees because if the Yankees had just thrown at home, they would have easily gotten peed out. But McNeil had gone a little too far between second and third. Nobody was covering second, so it ended up being a foot race to the bag as the Yankees tried to tag McNeil out instead of Alonzo. McNeil got to second base, and Alonzo was able to come home and score. You know, very exciting. The Mets, you know, seemed like the momentum was on their side there, you know, kind of taking advantage of, of a, a tough play from the Yankees, scoring that tying run. But they really didn't do much after that. In the seventh, Brett Beatty led off the inning with the single, was moved over the second base by uh, a sacrifice bunt from, from Tomas Nito, and the Mets weren't able to drive him home. You know, scoring position, one out, couldn't get him home. In the eighth inning, Lindor walked, Alonzo singled, men at first and second. This was right after the Mets went down by two, two runs, so you had, you know, the winning run, the go-ahead run at the plate, and Vogel back rounded into a double play, killing that uh, inning, and, and a McNeil lineout ended it. So, you know, a tough spot there again in the eighth inning. And then in the ninth, after two quick outs, the Mets were able to load the bases with two walks and an infield single, but Lindor flew out and it ended the game. So, you know, again, like I said, two for 13 with runners in scoring position. It's just tough to watch that. You have guys having good games. Marte, two for four with a run batted in. Alonzo, two for four, and he's really been struggling. So, you know, it's nice to see him get those hits there. Jeff McNeil, two for four. Lindor walking twice. And, and a bunch of other guys had hits as well, but two for 13. You just got to be able to get runs home there. As much as, you know, I, I was talking about Joely Rodriguez having a tough inning, allowing runs, and, you know, a lot of people online were mad at him for giving up the runs, and yes, yes, the, the bullpen has had their problems, but if you have so many opportunities there throughout the entire game, first through ninth inning, basically every inning, I mean, outside of like one or two innings where the Mets didn't have a chance to score, that's, you know, that's absurd. You, you got to really be able to get runs home there. And, you know, I know they're tired and I'm going to get into maybe why they were tired in the second half, but just a tough, tough end to the Subway Series and a tough way to, to get swept in this two game set against the Yankees. So now that I've gone over these two games, I want to take a quick break. And when I get back, I want to dive into that tough schedule I was just talking about, as well as what is coming in the future. All right, and welcome back. So now that I've gone over these two games against the Yankees, I want to dive into the tough stretch that the Mets just went through, which was capped off by this sweep from the Yankees, and and then also dive into what is coming ahead. So starting with the, the tough stretch, the Mets just completed, to be honest, a gauntlet of a schedule. They played 27 games in 26 days, 
This stretch beginning all the way back in Miami on July 29th. So nearly a month ago when when the Mets played in Miami, they swept the Marlins there. They actually had a really nice series. But this stretch of 27 games in 26 days started all the way back in Miami. And during this period, during this tough part of the schedule, this stretch included the five-game and the four-game sets against the Braves, the two series against the Phillies, one of which last weekend had a doubleheader in it, and the final two games of the Subway Series. So, you know, not an easy stretch at all. And schedule-wise, with the doubleheader, with that five-game set with a doubleheader in there as well, you know, definitely very difficult for these players. And, you know, you could tell, like I mentioned, you could tell you could tell in the, the Philly series, you could tell in this Yankee series that these guys are wiped out. And understandably so. I mean, they've played so many games in so little time. They've had multiple doubleheaders, multiple high leverage series. I mean, like I just mentioned, two series, two long series against the Braves. Not ne Neither of those series were your regular three-game set. Two series against the Phillies, one of which was a four-game set, and the Yankees. All of those games... That's that's five different series right there in that 27 game span that were high leverage because all of those games were against playoff teams and and against you know deep seated rivals. They're not easy games obviously and and half of them were away so also an additional difficulty there but in that span of those 27 games the Mets went 18 and 9 so as much as the, you know the recent I would say the past week and a half or so starting with the Braves four game set where the Mets lost three and now this Yankees two game sweep you know vibes are definitely low on the Mets I feel like online and it feels like you know all has been lost especially since the Braves do keep winning um, it, it feels like, man, like th this is not looking good at all. But the Mets went 18 and nine in that stretch, and 10 of those 18 wins came against teams over 500. So it's not like the Mets were picking up those wins against the bad teams. Obviously, the Mets suffered losses to the Braves. They suffered a couple losses to the Phillies in there, and these two games to the Yankees. But you know, 10 of the 18 wins that the Mets had in that stretch came against good teams. So, you know, that's something that you can really hang your hat on. And, you know, diving more into these really tough games the Mets have had to deal with most recently, their most recent stretch of games was the most difficult. They had 13 games straight against the Phillies, Braves, and Yankees. You know, starting with the, the series against the Phillies at City Field, three games there, four against the Braves, four against the Phillies, and then two against the Yankees. All of these are difficult games. All of these are... are you know, rivalry games, and the Mets went 6-7 and seven in this stretch. So, you know, obviously you would have loved to just have won one more game somewhere in there to have gone above 500 in this stretch of 13 games. But to go around 500, you know, just one game less in 13 games in 12 days is still solid, and like, you know, like I've been saying, these are not easy games at all, and for the Mets to, you know, kind of hold up and kind of you know, hang in there against these guys. I think that is something to to really, you know, take pride in and say, hey, we didn't get outmatched. We didn't get destroyed. You know, this was the last, you know, leg of that 27-game stretch, the last half, and it was against all good teams, and the Mets were able to hang in there and really, you know, work through that. So, you know, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of. Obviously, you'd like to be a little you know, be over 500 there, but you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. But 
looking ahead from here on out, the Mets have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the league at a 4-4-6 win percentage. You know, that doesn't mean there aren't any tough games in there. The Mets have to play the Dodgers next week, which will be one of their toughest series of the season. They'll also have to play the Brewers, who have struggled as of late, definitely, but they always play the Mets well, and they're still fighting for a postseason spot. So they'll be, you know, really fighting hard there at the end. That's mid-September there when the Mets play them in Milwaukee. And then the final season series is against the Braves so you know right back to you know the difficult rivalry game there and could potentially be a huge series but the rest of the schedule includes four against the Rockies coming up this weekend six against the Nationals three against the A's three against the Cubs five against the Marlins and seven against the Pirates so you know a lot of sub 500 teams a lot of of struggling teams that have either sent a lot of their players out during the trade deadline or even before the season began got teams that really just aren't competitive at the moment none of these teams are are fighting for a postseason spot unlike the Mets unlike some of these other teams that the Mets will be playing and unlike the teams that the Mets just went through playing and you know while on paper this does look inviting this does look like an easy stretch of games coming up you know you have to make sure that you're not underestimating the competition because I think the real turning point of last season, the point of the season when the Mets really kind of fell apart was when they played seven straight games against the Pirates right before the All-Star break and right after the All-Star break. So they had, you know, seven straight games against the Pirates who kind of are in the same situation, you know, this year as they were last year, you know, not competitive, not fighting for a postseason spot. And they went just three and four against the Pirates there. And I felt like that was sort of the turning point of the season for the Mets because it was like this was the, the time to, to bolster up, to get wins against these teams that you should be beating, but they they struggled. And so, you know, using that as an example and using that as, you know, something to look back on, you got to go into these games, you know, really fighting to win, especially with the Braves and how well they've been playing recently. You know, you know, you can't underestimate these teams, but you got to take advantage. You got to take advantage of the easier schedule than the Mets have been dealing with lately. And like I just mentioned, the Mets have held their own against these these really tough teams. But this next stretch is really going to determine how the rest of the season goes. And the Mets have to take advantage and, you know, get going and add some wins to this 2022 total. So looking ahead to the actual next series that the Mets play, the Mets play a four-game set against the Rockies at home. On the mound for the Mets tomorrow night will be Jacob DeGrom, and the Rockies haven't announced who's going to be pitching yet, but it will be DeGrom on for tomorrow night's game. On Friday night, no one has been announced for either team, but it's safe to assume that it will be Chris Bassett playing in that game. On Saturday, it'll be the old-timers game. Again, nobody's been announced yet, but it, again, safe to assume that it'll be David Peterson just based on the rotation. And then finally, on Sunday, neither team has announced who's pitching in that game either, but it has been mentioned and rumored that it will be Max Scherzer taking that game on Sunday. So, you know... This is the first part of that stretch. You know, I mentioned this stretch gets easy. It gets easier in terms of the, the teams that the Mets are playing. And, you know, you can't let that easiness get in your head. Think that these games are, are just rollover wins. You don't have to worry about them. Got to go in there. Got to be fighting. Got to be looking to take advantage of this schedule and take advantage of these games 
and start getting some wins now, especially with the Dodgers series coming up. You don't know how that's going to go, so you want to get some wins now against these Rockies. You know, have a really nice series bouncing back after the, the Subway Series loss and this off day. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.